Okay, uh, we're, we're in the book of Judges here, and uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, but anyway, before we get rolling, look at this again. Just a total timeline. Genesis, remember that word means beginning, okay? Exodus means getting out, okay? It's ex- that's when they got out of Egypt. Genesis, total world history right here. I mean, it is. Don't, don't let the fossil record, the fossil record's on our side. Like I said before, one of the greatest things you can think about a fossil record is fossils just said something die. It can't speak and say, uh-uh. And there's no transitional fossils, meaning one was coming from a monkey to a man. No. Oak leaves are oak leaves, bees are bees, ants are ants, all in this stuff. And they claim it was millions of years ago, billions of years, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Mm-mm. It's the reason they have dinosaur tissue right now and they're scratching their heads because remember the story they try to get us to believe is dinosaurs were gone 70 million years ago. They'll say, well, Richard, the layers of rocks. No, think of St. Helens that blew up in the 80s. Those layers were laid down not by millions, thousands of years is what they try to say. You know, uh-uh. They were laid down in 20 minutes. That's how fast that stuff. If you ever had a little snow globe with sand or whatever, one of those sand, you shake it up in the water, you'll see all the heavy stuff sorts to the bottom and the rest of it. That's the way that is. But anyway, it's just an outright uh, anything to get you to believe that's not a timeline. We know it's a timeline. So anyway, uh, days and years, months is what it says in Genesis chapter 1 about the sun, you know, and those stars and whatever. Anyway, so we know that. So uh, Genesis all the way through, uh, all Genesis, your highlights of that are the, the flood in the fifth chapter, sixth chapter that is. And then by the tenth chapter, you have Abraham, and you've got 50 chapters in Genesis. So from chapters 12 on, it's the history of, uh, of Abraham. Now they're off in Egypt. Remember that? You hear a guy named Moses, let my people go. Uh, God told him to go down to Egypt, and he got him out of there. It really happened. Leave, leave Leviticus here, Leviticus. It was just like they say. Remember, once they got out of the promised land and the Ten Commandments were given, they're at the bottom of that mountain. Remember, Moses came down and broke those, those commandments because they were worshiping a cow. You know, they said the cow was what brought us out of Egypt. So now you can see what the people were thinking. They were not, been, not, not nobody had been in church. Nobody. They barely remembered that they were just Jews and they had a heritage from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They barely remembered that. They also barely remembered because it had been 400 years. Are we ever going to go to the promised land? So can you imagine this like today? Is the Lord really real? Is he really going to come back? And it's just if you don't spend time reading the Bible and believe in the Bible, you'll grow cold and think, eh, Christianity is not really, oh, yes, it is. Remember, the patience of the Lord is, is uh, for mercy, you know. Anyway, he will return. But anyway, so Leviticus, look at the first verse. Now, the Lord now spoke to Moses from the tabernacle. That's because they just built this structure, you know, made out of, you know, skins and animals and painted and all this kind of stuff. Okay, but anyway, so if you went uh, next from Le- Leviticus, the next book is Numbers. Numbers is, boy, that's when the, that's, that's, Leviticus was what you do, in other words, in that tabernacle, how you handle all the people's offerings and stuff like that. It was a very important process. You had to have a high priest. You didn't just do what you wanted to. The Lord had strict rules on what to do. And this thing was portable because where they're going to the promised land. So when they got on the, in the book of Numbers, they got to the promised land, but then they said, we can't go, there's giants. So they turned around and they went back. Okay, and for 40 years... 
All that's in the book of Numbers. Deuteronomy, as I've told us all the time, is a speech. They've already been 40 years. Now they're fixing to be in the promised land and Moses is going to die. And then we went straight into Joshua. Joshua went into promised land. They took it completely over. They had the whole promised land. Now, uh, in the book of Judges, we saw already that uh, in, in Judges here, that uh, they basically lost. Joshua died. The nation of Israel, uh, you know, I'm just going to say the nation here in verse 1, because they lost it all. They were worshiping other gods. They did not have time. See, notice in chapter 2, the angel said, I brought you out of Egypt, you know, and, uh, and I said, I'd never break, your, break my covenant, but uh, your part, they broke it. They didn't, they made treaties with these other people and they started worshiping these, look at that. He said, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. So anyway, uh, they lost it all. So anyway, we pick up with in the, uh, in the uh, fourth chapter, uh, we've already had a couple of judges. Uh, and they're not like judges that we say today. These were, these were just heroes, basically. Uh, but anyway, okay, so... Uh, this guy by the name of Barak, and there was a, oh, there he is in the fourth chapter, verse six. Um, Barak was his name, and uh, let's see, and then uh, there was a uh, woman named uh, uh, Deborah. Yeah, there she is right there. I think I skipped her a little bit, but anyway, she was a prophetess. There she is. Verse four. Israel's leader that time who was responsible for bringing the people back to God. No, whoa, 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 they were all in church. No, see, they, they just. I mean, they got the promised land and then they lost it. Well, hello, they quit reading their Bible and reading about God. They want to do their own thing. But this woman, Deborah, she brought them back. Okay, now, you know what happened here. They had a great victory and they just knocked the pants off of Sisera, who is a, he was a world, uh, world-known general for, you know, whatever. At, the, at that time, he was kicking tail everywhere, but boy, the Israelites got him. So when they did... This is chapter 5. I want you to look at the details of they were so excited that they beat this guy. Well, they knew why. Now, let's just catch the details. This is Judges 5, verse 1. Then Deborah and Barak sang this song about the wonderful victory. Why would you take time? Well, it wasn't just like, well, we got lucky for a few minutes. No, this was so fantastic. Remember, about 200 years has transpired, too, because they had peace in the land for, what, eight years? Then they were under the foot of the Philistines for 12, and then they had peace for 40 years. Then all of a sudden, they went back to being conquered. by. So it's going back and forth, back and forth. So it's nearly 200 years since Joshua passed away. Now, Deborah and Barak, they sang this song, Praise the Lord! Israel's leaders bravely led, watch this closely, the people gladly followed, Yes, bless the Lord! Uh, listen, O ye kings and princes! You know, we hear this a lot. Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let him hear, okay? For I shall sing about the Lord, the God of Israel. Now remember, he's not wishy-washy. He will do this all the time. What he did for Laura and those yellow jackets, he'll do for you. Watch this. When you, uh, let's see, the God of Israel. When you let us out from Seir, out across the fields of Edom, the earth trembled. The sky poured down its rain. Yes, even Mount Sinai quaked at the presence of God, uh, presence of the God of Israel. Uh, in the days of Shamgar and Jael, the main roads were deserted. Travelers used the narrow and crooked side paths. Israel's population dwindled. Hello. See, see how they tell, they're telling the story. Because Israel was going downhill. It wasn't the Lord's fault. It was their fault. Until Deborah 
became a mother to Israel. When Israel chose new gods, there it is, everything collapsed. And even today, we have to, that's why I'm saying Thanksgiving is so important. But you watch, in a few months, we'll start, yeah, a few months, we'll start hearing some things. And it'll be thanking each other instead of thanking the Lord. That's how they transition. Well, we know. Well, okay. Well, if you really want to say the blessing, go ahead. I mean, it's like they don't. They don't want to say the blessing. They don't. They 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 think. Well, Richard. Richard has something. He just. Well, I'm going to be thankful. Man, I know it's Jesus. But whenever when Israel chose new gods, everything collapsed. Look at this. Our masters. Look at this. Our masters would not let us have a shield or a spear. You talk about taking away the Second Amendment. Yeah, the Philistines took over all of Israel and they didn't have a sword or a spear. Among 40,000 men of Israel, look at this, not a weapon could be found. Now, do you see how great this praise report is going to be? In a moment, uh, I think some of you already remember this. God led an army of peasants and won. Well, it's just they were real tough peasants. No, they weren't. Remember, you got to get back to reality. This is Jesus that did this. Uh, how I rejoice in the leaders of Israel who offered themselves so willingly. Praise the Lord. All Israel, rich and poor, join in his praises. Those who ride on white donkeys and sit on rich carpets and those who were poor must walk. The village musicians gather at the village well to sing the triumphs of the Lord. See what these people did? They all repented and they said, hey, we got to have Jesus. And they got out their music instruments and they started getting excited about Because if you remember... How great the Lord is. How could you not think he wouldn't help you with this battle? They had turned their lives around. Anyway, sing to, uh, to sing the triumphs of the Lord. Again, they sing the ballad. Notice this. Let's don't pass it. Look, he said the triumphs of the Lord. Why don't we have songs about the depression of the Lord? The Lord's put... We, they, what? If you're depressed, it's your fault. You know? In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. I mean, we don't need that depression. Okay. Oh, how the Lord saved Israel. There it is, with an army of peasants. (laughs) What? And if you go back and you see what America did in World War II, you know, it wasn't because of our great might and stuff. It was because our people in the United States were praying. Same thing going on today. People, uh, I mean, there's there's more on our side than there are on the other side. Okay, so anyway, oh, how the Lord saved Israel with an army of peasants. The people of the Lord marched through the gates. Awake, O Deborah, and sing. Arise, O Barak. O son of Abinoah, uh, lead, uh, lead away your captives. Down from Mount Tabor marched the noble remnant. The people of the Lord marched down, look at that, against great odds. It wasn't like, well, the battle was, the, they had this one licked. No, give the credit to Jesus. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's what happened. They came from Ephraim and Benjamin. These are just two tribes out of 12 of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's 12 kids. Okay. Makar and from Zebulun down to the valley went the princes of Issachar. That's three tribes they mentioned right there. Four, whatever. Zebulun, yes, four of them right there. Uh, With Deborah and Barak, at God's command, they rushed into the valley, but the tribe of Reuben didn't go. See how historical this is? They had a record. Reuben didn't go. Hmm. We'll see a little bit of that play in a moment. It's almost like the jealousy of Vanderbilt. You know, if I like to say the SEC, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and, and Vanderbilt, you know, and Tennessee, and Vanderbilt gets mad at the SEC. Why? They didn't show up for a game. That's what happened here. So he says, why did you sit at home among the sheepfolds playing your shepherd's pipe? Yes, the tribe of Reuben has an uneasy conscience. <laughs> 
See how, why would you sing a silly song like this if it wasn't real? Oh, it was real. It was real. Why did Gilead, oh, remain across the Jordan? And why did Dan remain with the ships? That's two more tribes. Tribe of Dan. Look, oh, Asher didn't even join in. Why did Asher sit unmoved upon the seashore, ease at ease by his harbors? Oh, but look at this. But the tribes of Zebulun, Naphtali, dared to die upon the battlefield. The kings of Canaan in Tanak by Medigo Springs, but did not win the victory. Okay? In other words, the Canaanite kings didn't win. The very stars of heaven, look at that, fought Sisera, a historic fella. Google him today, S-I-S-E-R-A. The rushing uh, Kishon River swept them away. Yeah, praise the Lord. March on, my soul, with strength. Hear the stamping of the horse hooves of the enemy. See the prancing of his steeds. Oh, but look. But the angel of Jehovah put a curse on Maraz. Curse them bitterly, he said, because they did not come to help the Lord against his enemy. Blessed be Jael, the wife. Now, here's the one. She's a descendant of Moses. Blessed be the wife of Jael. Uh, blessed be Jael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite. Yes, may she be blessed. Above all women who live in tents. Remember? He asked for water. This is that Sisera, that general. She gave him milk in a beautiful cup. <laughs> waited till he fell asleep and bam. Remember, this is, this is a song about the story we just read. Be hard to cover this up if it was not true. It is true. Then she took a tent pin and a workman's hammer and pierced Sisera's temple. Remember the band's playing. Da, 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 da. So this is a song. Crushing his head. She pounded the tent pin through his head. Oh, wow. He sank. He fell. He lay dead at her feet. The mother of Sisera. I mean, I tell you what. Too bad. Too bad. Oh, and you know, this is not politically correct. Hey, listen. This crazy nation here, was they were doing awful things. God's just not going around cleaning house for no reason. Anyway, his mother's, uh, mother of Sisera is watching through the window for his return. Why is this chariot so long in coming? <laughs> we don't hear the sound of the wheels. But her ladies in waiting, and she herself replied, Oh, there's too much loot to be divided. Oh, not this time, darling. And it takes time. Oh, each man receives a girl or two. Mm-mm. Oh, Sisera received a, a tent peg. That's what he got. And Sisera will get gorgeous robes, and he will bring me home many gifts for me. Nope, not happening. Oh, Lord, may all your enemies perish as Sisera did. But may those who love the Lord. Now, do you love the Lord this morning? Yes. Look at that. Shine as the sun. After that, there was peace in the land. Look at your time frame. <laughs> Just 40 years. And then, yeah. You know, you in your own life, among your own friends, maybe it's friends or family, and you've watched over the fence and go, God. My brother's kids didn't turn out too good. Yeah, see how quick it went. Or your brother's kids, man, they took up the torch and they're still believing in Jesus. Yeah, but you may know some friends and they're having a hard time. And you go take a look and you find out, oh my goodness. It's not because of bad things. You know what they're doing. Well, so-and-so's been in and out of jail. <laughs> yeah, he has. Is he a preacher? Uh, no, I don't think he believed much in anything. Yeah, okay. So here we go. All right, watch what happened. Chapter 6. Remember, we're getting close to David here. David is fixing to show up on the timeline. And when you get David on the scene, remember Jesus is a descendant of David. It's what it's all about. God's going to rescue his people. But he's rescuing them here. Watch this. Then the people of Israel once again began to sass their mama. Wasn't about sassing their mama. Oh, they began drinking. No. 
worshiping other gods. And like I say, it's so easy for us to do the same thing. You know, uh, if we become unthankful, we say, well, I, I mean, you'll hear people say, well, I, I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there. You believe in you then. You have another God. Sure, you don't think there's a God, but you've made your own idea about what you think God is. There is no God. I worked for a man one time, and he said, Richard, he was trying to tell me. He knew I was a preacher. I worked for him. Richard, you know. He said, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. He said, when you're dead, he won't tell me his religion. When you're dead, you're dead. You're just dead. And he was, I was just in my late 20s, middle 20s, really. And he wanted to tell me. We're riding in his car. He's driving this big Cadillac. I'm riding with him. When you're dead, Richard, you're just dead. That's just it. I thought, it challenged me to think about it too. I thought, wow, amazing that, that I really believe in a resurrection, you know, and I believe in a Jesus that was here. And I believe in a God that created the heavens and the earth. And here's somebody here who just doesn't believe. And I knew his wife. His wife teaches Sunday school and she's, but he don't. And she's all the time working on him, which, can you imagine, what a blessing that is. Say, well, he's just hurting her. I mean, she's hurting us. She's not, thank God, somebody's telling him, you're going down the wrong road. Anyways, back to this. So the people once again began to worship other gods. And once again, the Lord let their enemies harass them. By this time, uh, no, this time it was by the people of Midian for seven years. This is where the Gideons, remember the Gideons come and they pass out Bibles? What a waste of time. It never happened. Look at this powerful story. Remember, what, what was the time frame? We just lost, uh, how long is this going to happen? Let's pick that last verse up again. Uh, yeah, they had peace for 40 years. And all of a sudden, it went south. This time, it was by the people of it. Oh, seven years. There it is. The Midianite, Midianites were so cruel that Israel took to the mountains, living in caves and dens. Now, wait a minute. What happened to the promised land? Yeah, <laughs> they're hiding out, aren't they? When they planted their seed, marauders from Midian and Amalek and other neighboring nations came and destroyed their crops, plundered the countryside as far as Gaza, leaving nothing to eat and taking away all. Look at, look at this. Now think about us in the Bible Belt and we that love Jesus. That's not for us. Mm-mm. Our crops are not destroyed. We're not plundered. Do you know the Bible says when you go to church, God takes care of your stuff at the house. So where'd you get that? Moses said when you come to those feasts, when you, when you go to the feast at Jerusalem, nobody will mess with your stuff. Wow. Anyway. So anyway, the bad guys were uh, leaving nothing to eat, taking away all their sheep, oxen, and donkeys. Gee. These enemy hordes arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. Whoa. They stayed until the land was completely stripped and devastated. So Israel was reduced to abject poverty because of the Midianites. It was the Lord's will. No, it wasn't. They had... They had <laughs> anyway, you know what happened. They're worshiping a piece of wood. Then at last, the people of Israel, look at that. They begin to cry out to the Lord for help. Praise God they had enough sense to do that. You and I know better all the time. Look at this. However, the Lord's reply through the prophet he sent them was... Oh, yeah, look at this. The Lord God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. He needs to quit saying that, doesn't he? No, he did that. And, redu- and rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who were cu- cruel to you and drove out your enemies before you gave them and gave you their land. He told you he is the Lord and you must not worship the gods of the Amorites who live around you on every side. But you have not listened to him. But one day, here we go. The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the oak tree at Oprah. Would you say, well, it's like Oprah, the show. Okay. 
on the farm of Joash the Abrazite, Joash's son. There he is, Gideon. He had been threshing wheat by hand in the bottom of a grape press. Now, what's he doing that for? He's hiding out. He, he, if somebody sees him, he's gonna, they're going to get him. For he was hiding from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, look what the angel says. This makes you scratch your head. Mighty soldier. The King James Bible says, mighty son of valor. You know, No, mighty man of valor. He's like, are you kidding me? It's like the three stooges when they say gentlemen, and they all turn behind them. It's certainly not them. You know, <laughs> you know, it can't be us. Mighty soldier, the Lord's with you. Now look what Gideon's smart reply is. Stranger, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Boy, I tell you what. See, some of them still didn't get it. They didn't get it. They're going, well, it's just God's being mean to us. Look at this. And look at the way he says this. Where are all the miracles our ancestors have told us about, such as when God brought them out of Egypt? Now the Lord has thrown us away and let the Midians, Midianites completely ruin us. Boy, he needed to be in Sunday school, didn't he? Then the Lord turned to him and said, I'll make you strong. Look at this. Go and save Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. Oh, please. But Gideon's reply was, how can I save Israel? My family is the poorest in the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh was one of Joseph, coat of many colors. One that got sold into slavery and became second to Pharaoh, which was a miracle, miracle, miracle. Okay. He said, I'm the least thought of in, in the entire family. You ever felt like you were just... I mean, think about you reading this over coffee one morning. Man, there's hope for me. Of course there's hope for you. Because, oh my gosh. Remember all of, the truth is, all the information in Gideon's body fills up the Grand Canyon 70-something time with his DNA. There's nothing on earth can recreate you, your hands and everything. All the information, it's DNA. If you printed it all out, the volumes and stuff on Janet would fill all the Grand Canyon over, I think, seven or eight times. No wonder you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And to think God doesn't love you. Oh, but, but we get that way if we don't renew, renew our minds and stay with trust in the Lord. Watch this. Uh, I'm the poorest. I'm the least thought of. Whereupon the Lord said to him, but I, Jehovah, uh, will be with you. God, do we have that? Yes, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. Okay. You shall quickly destroy the midnight herds. Now, he, notice he didn't say, we're going to give us a shot. We're going to try this. We're, I, got a, I got a brilliant idea. I hope it works. No. He said, you will quickly destroy the midnight, midnight hordes. Gideon replied, if it's, if it's really true that you're going to help me, then do some miracle to prove it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, watch this. Prove that it's really Jehovah who is talking to me. But stay here and I'll go get a present for you. Okay, the angel agreed. I'll stay here till you return. Well, Gideon returned home, hurried home, roasted a young goat, baked some unleavened bread from a bushel of flour, then carrying the meat in a basket and broth, he took it out to the angel. Oh, but by the way, the angel was, what, he's a vegetarian? No. Who was beneath the oak tree and presented him. The angel said to him, okay, place the meat and the bread upon that rock and pour the broth over it. Okay. When Gideon had followed the instructions, the angel touched the meat with his staff, fire flamed up from the rock, consumed them, and suddenly the angel was gone. Talking donkey, all Richard plays. Well, don't forget the talking snake. 
The Red Sea split. Oh, come on, Richard. <laughs> what are you going to do with the resurrection? You'll be like my old boss. There's, <laughs> there's no such thing as a resurrection. This just makes us feel good through life. No. Mm-mm. These things are real. Well, when Gideon realized it had indeed been the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the Lord's face. No, for I have seen the Lord face to face. <laughs> Moses saw a burning bush, and it didn't burn the bush. Miracle after. Notice he said, It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You'll not die. And Gideon built an altar there. Oh, let me guess. Yeah, he named it Altar of Peace with Jehovah. And it's still there. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That night, the Lord told Gideon to hitch his father's best ox. Watch this. This is so good. Hey, Gideon, take your dad's best ox to the family of, to, of the family, the best ox to the family altar of Baal and pull it down. Now, this was, what is an idol doing in Israel? Well, hello. They were worshiping it. Totem pole looking thing. Whatever. And, and look at this. And to cut down the wooden idol of the goddess Asherah that stood by. So he had a little female god. Replace it with the altar of the Lord your God built here on this hill, laying the stones carefully. Then sacrifice the ox as a burnt offering to the Lord using the wooden idol as wood for the fire on the altar. Now, when I read the rest of the story, just think about this just reeks with truth. It had to happen. Of course it did. We, we know better. All right, anyway. The New Testament speaks about Gideon. Book of Hebrews. Anyway, so anyway, so Gideon took ten of his servants. Okay, so he, he was not, you know, he had some servants, didn't he? He did as the Lord commanded, but he did it at night. <laughs> yeah, made sense to me. For fear of the other members of his father's household, and for fear of the men of the city, for he knew what would happen if they found out who did it. All right, early the next morning, as the city began to stir, someone looked over there at the great temple and went, Hey, whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, they discovered that the altar of Baal was knocked apart. The idol beside it, that's Ashtaroth, the woman one, oh, she was gone. And a new altar was built instead with the remains of a sacrifice on it. Who did this, everybody demanded. You know, so stupid. Why were these people so fired up about their stupid God? Well, that's why they lost their nation. Finally, they learned it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Well, we'll go after his daddy. Bring out your son, they shouted to Joash. He must die. Look what the daddy says. How brilliant is his dad? Look at this. He must die for insulting the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Ashtoreth idol. This is so fantastic. Joash retorted, you jerks. Does Baal need your help? <laughs> I mean, if he's really a blooming God, he should take care of him himself. If Baal is really a God, I just said it right, let him take care of himself and destroy the one who broke apart this altar. You know, you reach a point where you're like, I don't believe any of this stuff anymore, you know, these old gods. From then on, Gideon was called, boy, here's another one. Now they change his name. A, a Jerubabel, meaning let Baal take care of him. <laughs> Man, this is getting spots all over it, isn't it? Oh, this is such a great story. Soon afterward, the armies of Midian and Amalek, those are giants, and other neighboring nations united in one vast alliance against Israel. Oh, my goodness. 
They crossed the Jordan and camped at the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew trumpets, a call to arms, and the men of Abizar came to him. He also sent messengers throughout, and this is just all over Israel, to SEC, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Auburn, whatever. That's the best way to say it. Okay. Summoning the fighting forces, and all of them responded. So look at, watch this. Then Gideon said to God, If you're really going to save me, uh, save Israel as you promised, prove it to me this way. This is where we say Gideon's fleece. See, he, he already wasn't sure it was a real angel. And the Lord said, I'll show you. Put the food down there. And he, oh God, okay. Now he said, hey, if you're going to save us, I'm going to put some wool on the threshing floor tonight. And if in the morning the fleece is wet uh, and the ground is dry, I'll know you're going to help me. It's kind of like that Dr. Pepper can you got and all of a sudden it gets moisture on the outside. All right. All right. And it happened that way. When he got up in the morning, he pressed the fleece together and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. And Gideon said, hey, look, don't be angry with me, but let me do it one more. Let's do it the other way around. This time, let the fleece remain dry and let the ground around it's wet. So the Lord did as he asked, and that night the fleece stayed, the fleece stayed dry, but the ground was covered with dew. End of chapter. Let's read this next year. No, you got to keep going. Jerubbabel, chapter 7, verse 1, that is Gideon, his other name, and his army got up. Uh, early and start and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them down in the valley beside the hill of Marah. Detail, detail, detail. Yes. The Lord said to Gideon, now watch this. This is so good. Because a lot of times, you know, it, it, Richard, it, I mean, it, I think it's just me. How, how, how can I, I got this problem, man, Lord. He's going to say, get your coffee and read the story. The Lord said to Gideon, there's too many of you. What? I can't let you fight the Midians, for the people of Israel will boast to me, saying they saved themselves with their own strength. Well, what's wrong with that? We just want to be saved. No, that is so critical. We have got to thank the Lord. We didn't get here by ourselves. Hey, Lord, thank you for my life. I'll take it from here. Oh, my gosh, no, don't do that. Mm-mm. You've got to be thankful. That's why we can be just as guilty as these guys. You know, I, I, I don't. Ah, uh, you just got lucky. Today we have nurses and doctors. That's okay. We don't need Jesus. Oh, please. All they can do is cut stuff out and delay things. And sometimes they can help. I'm not saying they can't. They do good things. But you know, just to say I don't need Jesus anymore concerning my health is ridiculous. Anyway, so then the Lord said, "There's too many of you." Okay. Send home, <laughs> look what he says, send home any of the men who are timid and frightened. Oh God, don't send that out. 22,000 left. And now only 10,000 remain. So we had what, 32? He had an army of 32,000 and now he's down to 10. Oh brother. But the Lord said, hey, there's still too many. Lord, you are out of your mind. Bring them down to the spring and I'll show you which ones shall go with you and which ones shall not. So Gideon assembled them with the water. Here's that famous story. The Lord told him, divide, the group, divide them in two groups by the way they drink. In group one will be the men who cup the water in their hands and get it to their mouths and lap it like dogs. In group two will be those who kneel and they put their mouth directly to the stream. Only 300 men drank with their hands. All the rest of them put their heads in the water. Remember what that total was? It was 10,000. I'll conquer the Midianites with these 300 men. 
And see, now think, why did he do that? Remember, his reason was so Israel wouldn't say, we got lucky. They had to say, it was the Lord. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Lord told Gideon, send the others home. So after Gideon had collected the, jar, the clay jars and trumpets they had among them, he sent them home, leaving only 300 men with him. Now, think about this being you, okay? Things we worry about, you know, what if Laura peeked in there and saw those yellow jackets first? Oh my God, how am I going to do this? You know? Well, she read this over coffee and she's, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tackle this one. Even if you knew the problem was there, what you, no matter what you face, David took off after Goliath like he was like, you know, a, a air balloon. It was no problem. I'll get, I'll get, he told Saul, I'll take out that giant for you. I'll get that giant. How can you think that way? All right, here we go. So anyway, during the night, the Midians uh, camped in the valley below. Now look how the Lord, he, this is what the Lord does for you. The Lord said to Gideon, hey, get up, take your troops, and attack the Midianites, and I'll cause you to defeat them. But if you're afraid, first go down to the camp alone. Take your servant, Pura, details, 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 if you like, and listen to what they are saying down there. You will be greatly encouraged and eager to attack. Boy, doesn't that just make you feel good? What? See, the Lord knows what we're going through. He's not trying to torture you and I. So he took Pura and he crept down through the darkness to the outpost of the enemy camp. The vast armies of Midian, Amalek, and the other nations of the Mideast were crowded. Look at this. Across the valley like locusts. Yes, the sand upon the seashore. There were too many camels even to count. In Gideon house, how many men? 300. Richard, this is just that story about Noah and the fairy tale. And then... <laughs> That wasn't the fairy tale. Go back and look at the size of that ark. 450 feet long. There's a replica in, in, uh, on the side of the highway in, in Kentucky. 75 feet high. 45 feet, no, 75 foot wide, 45 foot high. Huge. More than enough to carry all kind of land animals on that thing. All right. Gideon crept up to one of the tents just as a man inside had <laughs> wakened from a nightmare and was telling his tent mate about it. I had a strange dream, he said. There was a huge loaf of barley bread that came tumbling into our camp. It hit our tent and knocked it flat. The other soldier, look what he says. Oh no, your dream can only mean one thing. Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israeli, is going to come and massacre us all. <laughs> Well, remember the Lord told Gideon to go listen to this. When Gideon heard the dream and the interpretation, all he could do was stand there. There you go. Way to go, Mr. Gideon. God, but tears probably come to his eyes. He returned to his men and shouted, Hey, get up, get up, get up. The Lord's going to give us, is going to use you to conquer the vast armies. Don't forget, we just saw the count. The vast armies. He divided the 300 men into three groups. Okay, north, south, and east. We'll leave out the west. Whatever, they surround it. And he gave each man a cell phone and a... heavy <laughs> cell phones. He gave him a trumpet and a jar of clay with a torch in it. And then he explained his plan. I want to stop here. My great-granddaddy used to do woodwork. This is on my dad's side. And... Uh, he did woodwork, had all these pictures that were made with colored pieces of wood and stuff. He sold them at the Memphis, whatever, uh, fair, whatever. But anyway, 
I'm just a kid walking around my grandmother's house, you know, trying to find something to do as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old. I've seen these pictures forever. There was a picture of this story, and I'll never forget it. Gideon had surrounded these armies, you know, and they had these jars. I'll never forget because I'm like, wow, wow, I didn't know what it was until maybe I heard the story at the Baptist Sunday School one time, you know. But I remember seeing those jars and those lights, and I didn't know what that battle was all about at all. But that's what that picture was about, a fairy tale. <laughs> no, ain't no fairy tale. These guys really have some imagination, don't they? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's almost like Solomon. You can't go anywhere without people knowing who Gideon was. Anyway, here we go. Uh, he explained the plan. When we arrive, remember this is late at night. When we arrive at the out guard post of the camp, he told them, do just as I do. As soon as I and the men in my group blow our trumpets, you blow yours on all sides and shout. We fight for God and for Gideon. It was just after midnight in the change of guards when Gideon and the hundred men with him, remember, he has a hundred, there's another hundred, there's another hundred, so there's three hundred. They, they crept to the outer edge of the camp of Midian. Suddenly they blew their trumpets and their, jar, their clay jars so that they, their torches blazed in the night. So that torch was on the inside. Then the other 200 of his men did the same, blowing the trumpets in their right hands, holding the flaming torches in their right hands, shouting, For the Lord and for Gideon. <laughs> then they just stood and watched as the whole vast enemy army began rushing around in panic, shouting and running away. They started killing each other, you know. For in the confusion, the Lord caused the enemy troops to begin fighting and killing each other from one end to the other. They fled into the night places as far as uh, Beth Shittah near Zeruha and the border of whatever. Okay. Then Gideon sent uh, for the troops of. Now, at that point, he sent for these other troops from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh and told them to come and chase the dis and destroy the fleeing army. So Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, summoned the troops who seized the fords of the Jordan River, okay, preventing the Midianites from escaping and going across. But Oreb and Zeb, the two generals, why do we have these details? Oh, they captured them. Oreb was killed at the rock now known by his name, and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb, as it is called now. And Israel took the heads of Oreb and Zeb across the Jordan, and they took them to the taxidermy and mounted them. Good grief. Wow, that's, that's exactly what happened. Now in the 8th chapter, we're, I just want to go a piece of this. We're going to stop. But, but Look at this. The tribal leaders of Ephraim, they were angry at Gideon. What's this in there for? I thought this was a story about God and what. No, it's a newspaper article, a, a truthful article, a historical record. See this? Why didn't you send for us when you first went to fight the Midians? Well, don't you know Gideon told them? Well, actually, he's going to tell them I tried, but you didn't bother. Gideon replied, God lets you capture Oreb and Zeb, the generals of the army. What have I done in comparison with that? Your actions at the end, it's almost like today. You do one thing right and they complain about it. So where should you go? You need to learn to get along? No. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Anyway, so these guys, they find, what have I done in comparison to that? Your actions at the end of the battle were, uh, were more important than ours at the beginning. So they, look at it, they calm down. Okay, all right, all right, we'll let it go. Gideon now crossed the Jordan with his, there's his 300 men. They were very tired, but still chasing the enemy. He asked the men of Succoth for food. We're weary from chasing Zebu and whatever, the kings of Midian. But the leaders of Succor replied, You hadn't caught them left? Oh, these guys are mad. I mean, they're mean. You hadn't caught them yet? 
If we feed you, then you'll fail. Then they'll turn and destroy us. Gideon warned them when the Lord's delivering them. To, look what he says. When the Lord has delivered them to us, I'll return. And, I'll, and he did. He came back and he, 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 he took them out. Then he went to Penua, asked for food there, got the same answer. Good grief. No happy meals. Look at that. And he, and he said to them, when this is over, I'm going to come back. I'm going to tear this tower down. Anyway, by this time, King Zeba and Zamana, the remnant of his 15,000 troops, were in Kakor. That was all that was left of the Allied armies east for uh, 120,000 had already been killed. Then Gideon, look, he ain't got but 300 men. Then Gideon circled around the caravan east of Nobah and Gogheba, striking the Midianites, surprise in their army in surprise raids. The two kings fled, but Gideon chased them and captured them and rooted the entire force. Later, <laughs> he came back and he got them. You turkeys. He returned by the way of the pass, uh, uh, the Harris Pass. There he captured a young fellow from Succoth and demanded he write down the names of the 70 political and religious leaders of the city. <gasps> then he returned and he said, look, you taunted me that I would never catch king this and king that and you refused to give us food and we were tired. And he said, well, uh, here we are. No, and he knows he killed him. Then he took the leaders of the city and scraped, oh God, scraped <laughs> Nasty. Scraped them to death. God. And he went to, and they said, oh my gosh. No, wait a minute. His army had, with the Lord had just rescued Israel. And these clowns were like, man, we don't give you no food. God. Anyway. And anyway, he went to Penuel. What did he do? He knocked down this. He killed the entire, he killed all the men. Then Gideon asked King Zebu and King Zalmana, the men you killed at Tabor, what were they like? Well, they were, uh, they were dressed like you, like sons of kings. They must have been my brothers, uh, Gideon exclaimed. I swear if you hadn't killed them, I wouldn't kill you. Then turning to Jether, his oldest son, look at that. He told his boy. He says, you kill these kings. But the boy was too afraid. He was only a lad. Okay. Then Zebulun and oh, wait, these two stupid kings, they said to, Gideon, said to Gideon, you do it. We'd rather be killed by man. So Gideon killed them and took their ornaments uh, from their, their camels next. Anyway, we're going to stop right here. But anyway, uh, Gideon's going to wind up being, he rescued him. Whatever. I mean, and why did he rescue him? Uh, the people finally cried out for help. I mean, we're all more than conquerors. It, this is so cool. Uh, it, look at this. Uh, be our king. You and your sons and your descendants shall be our rulers, for you've saved us from Midian. But Gideon replied, I'll not be your king, nor my son. Look at that. The Lord is your king. Come on, get it right. The Lord is your king. See, they all want to say, well, you just got lucky. We want you to be king. However, I have one request. Uh, give me all the earrings counted from your fallen foes for the troops of Midian being Ishmaelites all wore golden earrings. Look at that. Who were the Midianites? Ishmaelites, who were they? They were descendants of Abraham's member. Oh, oh, Ishmael. Anyway, Gladly, they replied. They spread out a sheet for everyone to throw in the gold earrings. They gathered their value, estimated 25000 not including the crescents and pendants and the royal clothing from the kings, the chains around the necks. Gideon, we'll stop, we're almost done anyway. Gideon made an effort from the gold and put it in Oprah in his hometown. But all Israel, <laughs> what? They start worshiping this thing. Yep. That is the true account of how Midian was subdued by Israel. Midian never recovered, and the land, here it is, for 40 years, all during, made sense, all during Gideon's lifetime. He returned home, eventually had 70 sons. Wow, look at that. For he married many wives. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Well, wait, did it say anything about that? That's, that's not the story. 
It's all about women and men. No, it's not. It's about Jesus, okay? He also had a concubine in Shechem who presented him with a son named Abimelech. Gideon finally died, an old, old man, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father Joash and Oprah in the land of, uh, whatever, Abzites. But as soon as Gideon was dead, Israel began, oh my gosh, there they go again. Same stupid God. Worshipped the idols of Baal, and this time Baal Bareth. They no longer considered the Lord as their God, though he had rescued them from all their enemies. Look at that, on every side. Nor did they show any f- kindness to the family of Gideon for all he had done. Boy, we get it. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. Those records are laid out so plain. You are our help, and we trust you. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, our body, no matter what, you'll take care of that. Thank you. We look to you. Praise the Lord. Use doctors. Use whatever, but we know you're helping us. And Father, we just thank you, Lord. If we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that, too. And if it's some other problem, no matter what it is, you'll fix that. We know to trust you. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep records and tell others about what the great things you've done in our life as we tell people about Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.